was a good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Barron. Hey, Mr. Case. Lil Barron. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, it's a great day. It is a good it's day. A, today is such a good day. Yeah. Hey, for the past several weeks, mm -hmm. we've kind of been touching on some of the benefits mm -hmm. that are available to mm -hmm. athletes of the Huntsman World Senior Games. And today I want to continue that trend just okay. a little bit. Today, I want to talk about our gift shop. Oh, yes. Now, listen, I know not everyone is a shopper. Right. I, I realize that not everyone. Everybody wants to take home a souvenir right. or a paraphernalia from every single trip that they take. I, that's and that's fine. Right. That's totally fine. I'm probably in that camp. I'm yeah, not much I of a shopper not. myself. Lil, on the other <laughs> hand, I know loves to shop, and that's also fine. That's also fine. But listen, if you if you want to do that at the World Senior Games, if yeah. you want to take home a souvenir, you are in for a treat. <laughs> you are now. Over my professional career, I've been to a lot of different events. Yeah. We go to events regularly to recruit athletes. And I'm not knocking anybody because right. every time I go, I learn something new. I see something that we can incorporate or right. just a, a way to do things better. I love going to these events. But I am going to say that for the most part, when I go to these events, it feels like the gift shop is an afterthought. Yeah. And again, no disrespect. I'm not knocking. There's so many things going on. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, usually a card table with some t-shirts on it and yeah. that's totally fine. That's fine. But if you have ever been to our <laughs> event, you know that that is not, not the experience no. that you get at the world senior games. <laughs> My predecessor, Kathy Thane, she came from the retail world. So she and her husband owned a men's clothing store and she brought all of that experience with her. So, mm -hmm. uh, the way to lay out a store, the flow, the, yeah. the, how to, you know, get people, um, the information and the, the merchandise that they want and then get them checked out quickly. She brought all of that with her and we've learned from oh, her yeah. <laughs> and uh, we've tried to add to that over the years as well. We've got all kinds of clothes, hats, souvenirs. It's all laid out attractively. Yep. It's in a central location at the Dixie Convention Center. Um, I'm, Look, you just need to come and check this right. out if you if you haven't been to the games. If you have been to the games, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, come and check us out. The games are coming up. Yes. For us, it feels like they're almost here. Yes. But the games are October 9th through the 21st this year. And everything you need to know about the Huntsman World Senior Games can be found at seniorgames.net. Yes. So, Lil, today's guest. I know. This is going to be a good one. I'm, yes. I'm so excited. Dr. Cynthia Green is a leading brain health expert who is passionate about making the brain health science accessible, sustainable, and even fun for all. And not, <laughs> not all the time do you get to have science and fun together. Right. Uh, she's a clinical psychologist and assistant clinical professor of psychiatry at the Mount Sinai School of Medicine. Dr. Green is the president of Total Brain Health, a leader in providing and a provider of brain wellness training. She's authored six books wow. on the topic, including Your Best Brain Ever, which was named a 2013 Top Guide to Life After 50 by the Wall Street Journal. Dr. Green is a regular media guest whose work has been featured on Good Morning America, 2020, CNBC, Fox, The Martha Stewart Show, yeah. The New York Times, The Washington Post, Good Housekeeping, among many others. Originally from North Carolina, Dr. Green now lives with her family in Northern New Jersey. Dr. Green, welcome yes, to the show. Welcome. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, we're excited. Uh, this, uh, this brain health thing is a topic that comes up regularly. Uh, and I'm just going to say it again. I, if, if, you're, if you're a listener to the show, you know that I have a family history of Alzheimer's 
And it's something that concerns me and it's something I, I look at and I, I worry about it for myself and for my parents. Uh, you know, every time I forget where I put my keys down, I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, here it's it's starting. Here, here we go. What am I going to do? So we're really interested in this topic and especially for our demographic. It's so yeah. important, whether you're, again, worried about yourself or maybe you're a caretaker. Right. Um, but the the term total brain health, before we get into all the specifics of dementia or Alzheimer's, which I hope we can touch on, talk to me about the total brain health. What what do you mean when you say that? So uh, thank you. And, you know, since we all have a brain, right, this is uh, <laughs> something that concerns all of us, no matter kind of what our history is. And uh, I, I think that there's so much we can know and so much that we can be proactive about. And especially for folks uh, who are listening, who are on top of their health and, you know, concerned about staying healthy and staying active, uh, it's just another aspect of that. And so when we talk about total brain health, we're really talking about taking a care of our brains from a wellness perspective across body, mind, and spirit. So, you know, you could think about your brain as an organ, right, from the physical side yeah. and how we protect the kind of integrity of the brain. Um, in that way, you can think of it from the intellectual side in terms of the function of the brain. So how does my brain support me in performing every day and paying attention and remembering where I put my keys uh, or my sunglasses <laughs> or parked my car, right? Better, better on the top of our head. Yeah. Times, right? <laughs> um, or in terms of our social emotional well-being, you know, mental health, it's mental health month, it's May. It's part of our brain health as well. Um, how our brain supports our social connections to others so that we are not lonely, right? That we, um, how our brains help us feel confident that we can do things like compete in games. Mm -hmm. um, so our brain is just totally awesome and totally central to everything that we do. That's so true. You, yeah. You've really touched on yeah. every aspect from the physical to the mental, the emotional. Uh, I'm curious how you got into studying brain health. What, what was the impetus that got you into this line of study? You know, it's really interesting. I just came back from my 40th college reunion. Got to give a shout out to Smith College mm -hmm. in Massachusetts. My, I'm very proud to be an alum. That's awesome. Uh, we had a rocking good time, I have to say, at our reunion. But I had the chance to reflect on exactly that question. And I went back to the Department of Psychology. There was a um, reception. And of course, most of the professors I've had have since retired. But there was one professor in particular I was talking with some folks who, who were still there um, and had taught when I was there, who offered an adult development class, which at the time at 20, I had no idea how unusual it was yeah. for someone to offer a class on late life development. And uh, it was seminal in my thinking. Um, and I also was very lucky to have some incredible role models um, and my grandparents, particularly my two grandmothers, who were very dynamic, active, kind of out of the box uh, people. Um, and in terms of how they led their lives, uh, they were kind of both very fearless in their own ways. And so it was, it was those things, that combination that really put me on the path of really appreciating kind of how much capacity we could still have in this later stage of life, um, that there's, there's just a lot of life there. Right. Yeah. Um, and that was definitely what put me on that path. I love that you mm. mentioned there's a lot of life there. Yeah. You know, we, we get an opportunity to see the best of the best of active aging. We have athletes that come from all around the world 
and they compete in a wide variety of sports. Mm-hmm. And um, again, we just get to see the best of the best. And you talked about inspiration with your grandparents and especially your grandmothers. I, I'm inspired every year mm-hmm. um, by the athletes during the games, but we get a chance to interact outside of that. Mm-hmm. And um, there is a lot of life there. And I, that's such an important message that we need to we need to just shout from the rooftops because as we're as we age and we are all aging, no matter what your age is now, we are all aging. Um, I think we need to approach it with that positive can do. Hey, life is great. It's going to be great. Every stage of our life comes with challenges and certainly challenges come with, with growing older. But, um, I, I love that idea of there's a lot of life there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, we get to see that and we get to promote that. Yeah. And Kyle, I mean, there's a choice, right? Yeah. So we can wake up every day and we have a choice as to how we see that day. Um, and, and part of what we try to teach is that confidence and self-efficacy and we help people learn what they can do. So in our programs, we're not kind of spoon feeding people. You're not sitting in our programs in front of a computer playing a game. It's really about how can I be proactive and taking better care of my brain health. And it just ties to everything you guys are doing that the folks who are participating in your games are looking to do. Um, and it's that choice that we make each and every day when we get up. And we choose life, right? We're, we yeah. can mm-hmm. choose how we see it um, and we can choose what we can and can't do and be and, and do what we can. It, it is a choice. There's no yeah. question about that. Yeah. Um, we're talking about aging and, and certainly in our population, that's you know high on the list. That's important. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but I'm wondering when is the best time to start worrying about your brain health? Is it is it after you're 50 or should you be concerned about it when you're a teenager? You know, if only we could get teenagers to be more concerned about their brain health. <laughs> about their brain health, right? <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm a huge consumer of a lot of health information. Like I'm, I'm in the middle of Peter Atia's new book, Outlive, which if you haven't read it, um, you know, I don't know Dr. Atia personally, but I cannot tell you how great this book is. So I'm constantly I'm trying to give that list. to my teenagers yeah. and, my, and my young adult children, you know, trying to interest them in this stuff. Um, I think it's unfortunate we don't pay attention to it till later, but I think that as parents and grandparents, uh, it's never too early to try to introduce this because, you know, some of the things that put us at greater risk for cognitive decline do begin earlier in life. So, you know, a lot of the new cutting edge science around things such as you know, insulin resistance or uric acid, like a lot of that stuff has to do with our dietary choices. And let's face it, those choices get set earlier in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter just said something to me. Apparently there's a meme going around on the internet. Not that any of us would know, right? Yeah, <laughs> right yeah. But there's a meme going around about whether you're an ingredient or a, um, or a snack family. And I'm like, and apparently they said to me, oh, we're totally an ingredient household. And my kids apparently had a big joke at our expense, <laughs> my expense. And I'm like, what does that mean that we're an ingredient household? Well, it means that if you want a snack in your house, that you have all the ingredients to make a snack, <laughs> right? Like I might have hummus and carrot sticks and right. celery sticks, but I don't have like nacho cheese Doritos sitting. Right. Right. I'm like, but I'm <laughs> proud of the fact that we're an ingredient. I like, I, I worked hard to make us an ingredient household. Right. But it's setting those kinds of habits early. Um, and, you know, for some of us, and I'm sure some of your folks who are listening, it might, you're not raising kids anymore, right? They're not children around the house. 
So it's more grandkids. So how do you influence, right? And how do you, and I, I think it's living the message, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, then, and then talking to the message in, a, in an information sharing way. That's fantastic. Now, yeah. um, I want to get into some specifics here. Um, you, you know, your, your, uh, your approach is a total brain health approach, but are there specific activities that we can do? You, you talked about diet and health. That's obviously got to be one of them. But what other specific activities can we do to keep our brains healthy and strong and, and you know, giving us the life that we want? Yeah. So you're right. I mean, and I'm sure I'm kind of preaching to the choir with a lot of folks listening around diet and exercise and stress management and all that kind of stuff. Um, So from my perspective, if we're just focusing on intellectual aspect of total brain health, right? If uh, all that other stuff, kind of what you're doing is good, right? The exercise, the cardiovascular stuff, the healthy diet. Um, When it comes to cognition, a couple of things. One of the things we don't do enough of is train our cognitive skills. So we may do crossword puzzles or, you know, you know, my whole family competes doing the wordle, right. Um, For the New York times or whatever the latest (laughs) craze is or Sudoku. And those are all great. But the problem with them is that they're not really targeting our thinking skills, especially the ones that are most changed as we grow older. So if you look at the data as from a cognitive perspective, what starts to slip even as early as our thirties and forties are processing speed, so how quickly we process information, um, so how fast we can perform against the clock, our ability to sustain or hold our attention, right? So just kind of that, that attention span, if you will, and also our cognitive flexibility, so our nimbleness. Now, you might be thinking, oh, why isn't she even mentioning memory? Well, because memory is a second order, it's a higher order function, that if you think about it, you're not going to learn something like a name to remember if you can't pay attention, think quickly, and think flexibly, right? Yeah. Um, because Kyle, how long does it take you to say your name? Yeah, Kyle, that's it. Yeah, Lil, Lil, like you know, like like a <laughs> nanosecond, right? Right. Um, Cynthia is a few more syllables, but if I am distracted, right, or tired, um, when I hear your name, I don't learn it. It's a getting problem. It's not a forgetting problem. It's not that I can't, there's something wrong with my memory. There's something wrong with my ability to obtain, to acquire the information. So one of the best things we can do spot on is train those skills. And you can do that by working out against the clock. Um, So in the same way that you try to change your time, right? Improve your time in a sport. You try to work out against the clock. Um, And that's something you can do on your own, right? You can set a timer and you can see how quickly you solve the puzzle. It adds like a little extra uh, pressure if you do the crossword puzzle to do it against the clock. Or you can play something where the time is a built-in challenge. And a lot of the computer games bring that to the table and they get harder as you get better at them. And so if that's something you don't mind spending some money on, that is really their benefit. So that's one thing. Um, I can stop there. Or we can keep going. Well, let me, I, I want to. I want to. I want to keep going. But let me just say that is that is fascinating to me because I've definitely heard do the crossword puzzles. Mm-hmm. You know, do do those types of things, and and then I've also heard that they're good, but they're not perfect. Um, I've never heard anybody talk about introducing the time element yeah. into it. And what a simple a simple addition to something that maybe you're already doing that uh, you know in the long run is going to have a positive impact on you. Yeah, because you can't do well against the clock by not staying focused, thinking fast, and thinking flexibly. 
right? So it is a very simple element to add and you can add it to almost anything. Um, You know, I I don't add it to like your cooking prep because I don't want you to cut yourself, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) but there's so much that you can bring it to so that if you are a word person and, you know, uh, if you love say doing the crossword puzzle, right, that's okay, but make it work for you, right? the second thing is to be intellectually engaged. So a lot of things we do are intellectually challenging or engaging, but we get into a rut, right? Yeah. Like I'm a lifelong reader. I love reading. Um, but, you know, I still need to do new things to challenge my thinking because, you know, in my brain, those little connections but between my neurons for reading, those are well-groomed, right? Yeah, that's, a, yeah. that's a road well-traveled. So one of the things we can do to promote neuroplasticity, to promote kind of change and growth and density, which brings a lot of great stuff to our brain and is also neuroprotective, right? So it protects us um, even if we have a risk for dementia or changes in our brain is to introduce new things, to try things that are new. Try, if you're a lifelong reader, try art, try ceramics, right? Um, if you are, are, you know, kind of someone who's always been intellectually very embedded in the arts, try planning a trip, right? So try things that are kind of out of your comfort zone on a continual basis as a way of staying intellectually engaged, but always stay intellectually engaged. I love that. Yeah. Um, again, you're, you're really opening my mind to some interesting <laughs> ideas here. Uh, I am also a lifelong reader. I love to read. I read billboards, the back of the cereal box. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. I just, I've just always loved to read books, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love, but, but I'm like you, like, I, I don't know that I necessarily feel myself intellectually engaged when I read, that's kind of my time to check out a little bit. I mean, obviously I'm paying attention to the storyline or the content that I'm reading. Um, but that idea of introducing something new now, when you introduce something new, um, do, do you need to stick with it or is it just try something new and then move on to something else that's new and then move on to something else? Yeah. And, and it's, it's not a zero sum game, right? You don't have to give up reading. Reading is intellectually engaging, right? Yeah. But it's just that it's something that's so familiar. So part of what you need to do is something that's novel, something that's new. You know, and, and the nice thing is that things that are novel give us a dopaminergic rush, right? So we're going to get that kind of little bit of addictive quality of that something, this new cool thing I'm trying. Um, so it's just kind of constantly challenging yourself, saying, what am I doing that's new, right? Um, and it, it can even be a sport. We were talking about pickleball. I, I said to you guys, I just started to play pickleball, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you first start something like that, it's also very intellectually challenging because For of sure. the complex ideomotor aspect and learning the rules and all that kind of stuff. Uh, a couple of months ago, I started to needlepoint again. I, my kid wanted mm-hmm. to uh, take crochet lessons. I have to say, I haven't that was really challenging. And I crocheted as a kid, but I, you know, I did try it. And so it's constantly trying these new things. Um, Writing poetry is something we do a lot in our programs. So we have a lot of different, you know, 15 minute activities that people do. We call them brain plays, or we have a box of cards that people can buy with a hundred different activities on them. Um, And so we have a lot of funny kind of improv theater things that people can do just stuff to get you thinking and get your creative juices going in a different way. Oh, you've given us some great, great ideas. Um, 
we're not going to have time to cover as many things as we want to, and we're not going to be able to get dig into what I want to say next, but I do want to shift gears just a little bit because Alzheimer's and dementia is on so many people's minds and it's on their radar and they're dealing with it. Um, what are some symptoms that we need to be looking for, whether they're in ourselves or in our loved ones that could say, Hey, this is problematic. Maybe you need to be aware of it. Yeah. So, you know, I think that we all worry, right. Especially over a certain age. I, I used to joke that, you know, if one of my kids forgot their lunch, they didn't automatically assume that they had Alzheimer's. Right, disease. right. But over 50, it's like a little button goes off and suddenly <laughs> that forgetfulness absolutely like, send, can send us into a panic. So those kinds of things don't need to worry us. What needs to worry us is when we start to have the kinds of cognitive changes that really interferes with our quality of life, where it really is impairing our function at work or at home. Um, you know, it's the difference between forgetting where you put the fork, right, that you might have just had in your head, uh, in your hand, excuse me, and forgetting what the fork is for, right? Mm -hmm. That's another way of thinking about it. So I, I, I think that, you know, there's so many things that cause memory change. And I think actually a bigger problem, Kyle, is that we automatically jump to the conclusion, like you said before, oh, I forgot my keys. It must be Alzheimer's, especially yeah, for those option. of us that have family members, right? Yeah. Um, and have, have seen our loved ones lost to these diseases. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that we all forget our keys. Show me one person that hasn't at one point in their life <laughs> forgotten their keys. So it's, ra it's really more a matter of um, understanding my function over time and looking over six months, how am I doing, right? If I had something catastrophic happen, right? If I lost someone or I, or I, I had an accident, right? Something that um, I lost my job, you know, that's not a good time period to look at how we're thinking, right? Um, but if over time we see that, there are significant cognitive changes in short-term memory, specifically in word finding, right? And, and things that really are making it harder for us to function day to day. And it's significantly impairing our ability to manage independently on our own. That's a great time to get evaluated. And no one should ever assume that a memory change is dementia. There are over 75 different things that can cause a memory change. Um, in the same way that a cough is a symptom, right, yeah. of so many different things, um, also a memory change can be a symptom of many different things, from an emotional um, uh, uh, distress to a vitamin deficiency. So it's important to get evaluated, right, if you are really concerned about your or a loved one's memory. Now, we've only got about a minute left. When you say get an evaluation, where do you do that? Do you go to your family doctor or is there a specialist you should seek out? Right. So I would start with your family doctor and because they know you best, but rather than allowing them to just start you on medication that I would suggest that you then work with them, they should refer you to a specialist, a geriatrician or neurologist or psychiatrist. And there are memory, memory disorders clinics like the one I work at at Mount Sinai throughout the country. Awesome. So, so good. All this yeah, information great. is so great. And and again, this is a topic that fe feels like it comes <laughs> up pretty regularly, Yeah. Um, but great information. Uh, I, I love that idea of introducing time into your, your mental stimulation. I, I mean, that's one that I'm going to be able to take home right away yeah. 
and uh, put right to work. And, you know, with, with my family, like I said, my, I had, both of my grandmothers were the ones who suffered from Alzheimer's and I watched one that uh, declined pretty rapidly, but physically was fine for a very long time. And then I watched one that declined very rapidly and pretty soon we lost, you know, grandma. Um, and so my, my mom specifically is very worried about this and she's always trying to do different things and she's an athlete at the games and she's doing a lot of great things, but it's really st- strong on her mind. So I'm going to bring this one home to her right. as well. So, so yeah. thank you so much. Yes, Thanks for thank your time you. and for your expertise sure. and for sharing it with us today. Yeah. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. And maybe someday you'll think about adding total brain health games to the games. There is Absolutely. a memory competition. There's uh, you know, lots of memory competitions like that. So, you know, you, keeping the, the brain healthy as well as the body. <laughs> you right? might be onto something there. What a yeah. great idea. Hey, best of luck in everything yes. that you have going on. And again, I know we only scratched the surface on so many of these things. We'd like to have, have you back sometime and, and maybe dig a little deeper into some other areas. I'd love that. And good luck to everybody. It's been great to join you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Really good yeah, stuff. Really Little, good. That was good stuff. Hey, just to wrap us up here, a quick reminder that registration is indeed mm-hmm. open for the Huntsman World Senior Games. All the information that you need is at seniorgames.net. Yep. Everything you need to know, seniorgames.net. Be sure to take full advantage of early bird pricing, which will be in effect until August 1st. Yes. Remember also to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We take this live show and turn it into a podcast and you can find it this show pretty much wherever you find your favorite podcasts you can also uh, find it right on our website once again seniorgames.net so check that out today's inspirational thought comes from english poet philip james bailey who says it matters not how long we live but how Hmm. until next thursday stay active